you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we're in John chapter 10. So we're, we're in this amazing section of John where he begins to, Jesus begins to really teach and talk about who he is. And if you were with us last week, you know that we had this amazing picture. It was the second half of how Jesus healed the blind man. So he heals this blind man and then this whole discussion that pushes us to be people of essential humility. So I don't really know what essential humility is, Dex. Yeah, well, we kind of do now. Because Jesus says, you've got nothing. No way to get to me. No way to see. No way to do anything. And yet, the love of God for you and me, he broke, broke in. And like with the blind man, he gives sight. He's the one. And if you're with us today and you say, yeah, I get that. You know, I I came and I I come to sing songs to Jesus, uh, even with my voice being crummy or even though there's not for many of us, whatever it is. You say, I'm here because I I see this amazing Jesus who has saved my soul and I I want that. And then after you're here and you hear the word and we're together a bit and then we go home and all week the world is leeching it out of us. They're trying to convince you that it's up to you and all the things you do that makes you pleasing to God, makes you advance in the world, makes you a better person, and so you self-evaluate all week. I know, you know, if you have a job, you know that your job's about do you produce. If you have relationships, they're about do they love me? Am I doing the things that make them love me? I do all these things in the world, and the world over and over and over. And and, and honestly, it doesn't really seem a lot of the time like this thing that I'm doing in Christianity, like it really took. I don't feel like I have abundant life. So, well, how do I get a better life? And the pastor says, well, love Jesus, trust Jesus. And we go, whoa, 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 whoa. I do that already, but I want to have my life go well. Like, I don't know. Is my life really abundant? That's the place we're at a lot. You and I return to this word. And we say, oh, you know what, we live by the word, and we trust the word, and this is the word, and, and the word is the word of God. And, and then the issue becomes, we who have nothing, we who are humbled, we who are like, I, you know, really, in the eyes of God, I'm, the, the gap between me and God is a gulf that cannot be bridged except by the cross of Christ. Christ, it's just so amazing. I've got nothing, and it says, well, do I trust this word of God, which is the only way I, I know Jesus and who he is, the only way I'm really going to live is to know this word. Do, do I trust it? Because it makes some amazing claims. One of them's today. It's about abundant life. My hope is that you and I can be faced again by the words of Jesus himself, how incredible he is for you, that it might warm your heart, that it might pierce what the world wants to build, all this wall that basically says it's about me, it's about how much I can get done or do or value it. And then I I have my own expectations about what abundant life is, and I don't trust Jesus' word himself when he tells you that he gives it to you. And if he gives it to you, what's going to stop him? Okay, 
This is the idea that we would grow not just in grace and knowledge like it's something out there, but in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. He's our Lord and Savior. So what Jesus did, and we're in John chapter 10, and we're starting this new little section, but it's not a new section because he's still talking to the same people who are blind. He <laughs> says, you got nothing, and, and if you think you see, then you're really blind. And then he keeps going, and he's talking to them, and he uses metaphors. I don't know if you know what a metaphor is. The Big Bang is a metaphor. Love is a battlefield. That's a metaphor. That sorts of pieces where you said that it, it captures some truth. Uh, life is a long road on a short journey. Laughter is the music of the soul. You know, your brain is a computer. It's not literally a computer, but it does calculations, you know, and it captures truth. And Jesus uses a couple of these deep metaphors for him and for us today. I, I want you to see a couple of them. They're called it doors, shepherds, and sheep. Multiple metaphors. The one that's most offensive to me is I'm a sheep. That's me. I don't know that I like him. <laughs> Multiple metaphors. John, John chapter 10. Let's look at the word of God together. It's, it's amazing this morning to see. Verse 1. Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to the same group that includes his disciples, but also some Pharisees gathered around that they're blind. And he's helping them to see. Truly, truly, I say to you, verse 1, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they don't know the voice of strangers. It's a nice little parable. It's a nice little picture, right? You have this picture in Rocky Shared, even in Germany, and they still do this, and shepherds and sheep, and the sheep leading, and, and the shepherd going in front, and, and they know him, and ah. Uh, What they had then is there's this enclosure, right? That's this first picture. There's an enclosure where they would they would bring them all in for the night, and even the shepherd would lie in front of this little 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 stone or made out of wood or whatever it was, and it would keep the sheep safe. And and then the shepherd comes in right through the door. Not not the thieves and the robbers. They don't go in by the door. They sneak in on the top, or they try and get in there and kill a sheep and take it home to eat. It was funny, I was reading a blog this past week. It was about ten things to know about about um, being a, a shepherd. And this was a shepherd, and he was talking about the things that he did. And, and number ten, the last one was, is that roasted rack of sheep is really delicious. It's like, wow. That's not something I want to know. That's what the thief wants to do. He wants to get in and get a sheep to go have a nice meal, right? Not the shepherd. He's not there to rob, but to feed, to lead, to take care of. And this picture of him getting each one and going before them, and they follow him, and they trust him, and not strangers. It's a beautiful picture. And, and I think, well, and, and I, I get it immediately. Jesus is the shepherd, and the thieves, these other religious leaders. And, but, 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 but who's the gatekeeper? And, and, 
And the sheep just know their shepherd. So is what Jesus is saying, we're just going to know. And, and, and they'll run from thieves, but they're not running from the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the leaders. And I think Jesus is against them and calling them thieves and robbers. But how, what exactly is Jesus saying? I, I don't really get it. <laughs> I'm tempted, like a lot of people do. They say, oh, yeah, you know, that if I've heard this passage, I've heard it many, many times. Maybe you have, too. They say a few nice things about shepherds, and then they move on. Because they don't get what Jesus is saying. Illustrations of first century shepherds, and so you drop the particulars. So, so, so they're not alone. The people who are listening to this, who are living in the first century, and they know sheep and shepherds, they don't get it either. Look <laughs> what he says. Uh, he's talking about, well, did I, did I say? Verse 6, it says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. They didn't get it. So, so, so I don't get too sure to stop and receive. This is hard. Jesus is saying something deep, and our lives are impacted by this because he takes time to explain it. He goes through each one. First, he goes through the door. And, and it should be a little surprising to you, because I got Jesus as the shepherd. And the first thing Jesus says is what? I am the door of the sheep. Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I, I am the door of the sheep. What? Jesus, you're the shepherd. How can you be the door too? Right? All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. So, so Jesus is not explaining a parable. He's going into a metaphor. He's saying, wait, 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 there were several metaphors here. Let me unpack them for you. And the first metaphor he wants to unpack for uh, us and for the listeners is this idea of he's the door. And the thieves, they're evident. Why are they evident? They're not using the door. That's how you know them. The sheep don't listen to anyone who doesn't use the door. Okay, who's the door? I am, says Jesus, one of his great I am's. Emphatic. Ego, me. I, I am. So the only way to have the safety of the fold or the luxurious forge of the pastor is to go through the door, through Jesus himself. Everyone who's come before didn't come through me, Jesus says, the thief and robber. So, so people who are just after inner enlightenment, that's a thief. People are saying you're going to get to heaven and God's going to be pleased by your obedience to the law. That's a robber. Some code of morality or discipline. Strong words, offensive words. I mean, I say offensive because I personally have had people very offended by this particular message. My father-in-law is Hindu, and he follows great teachers of the past. One of the amazing great teachers of the past to him is a man named Siddhartha Gautama. Do you know that name? Do you know the Buddha? That's the name of Buddha. He lived before Jesus. He lived, you know, several, several centuries before Jesus. And Jesus says, all who came before me are what? Thieves and robbers. Buddha, thief and robber. That's not me talking, that's Jesus saying it. 
Yeah, Jesus is offensive. Why, did the guy not have good things to say? Of course he did. What did he talk about? Kindness. Living rightly. Being mindful. Doing good for other people. Wonderful things. What did he not do? He didn't go through the door. What's the door? Jesus. It's not about you getting good advice about how to do good living. That that's not what's going to save you. That's not what's going to get you abundant life even. It's this wonder. Amazing. You saw it last week, right? You're blind. And, and, And Jesus opens your eyes to wait. God came for me. He did. He loves me. My worth, my value is, is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for me, shed his blood for me. That's, that's amazing. Here, Martin Luther on this passage, he said this. He said, Now the gospel is so tender and precious, it cannot endure any additional doctrines. The spiritual doctrines of getting to heaven with fasting and prayer and other similar works, they in themselves are side paths with the gospel will not suffer, but the opponents want them. Therefore, they are thieves and murderers, for they outrage the consciences of and slay and murder the sheep, that such a path is nothing but murder and death. <laughs> Watch out for the siren call of the world. It's not always a siren call to immorality. It's often sneaking in to evaluate your life based on what you're doing and if you have the right opinions. Especially right now. You have the right opinions? If not, you might get canceled. It, it, it's, it's not coming in and, and, and making the main thing, loving your neighbor. Man, that sounds good. Man, it's important to do. It's not that making the main thing an exemplary life. It's not making the main thing relational wholeness. It's not making the main thing justice on earth. It's not the correct political views. Whatever litmus test you want to use to make it, in our day, these begin to sound like the way to have abundant life is be right in these ways. And we, crazy, blind, broken people, are like, wait a minute, that's not the door. Who's the door? Jesus. He has a particular message, and it's, it's, it's not that message we might think it is. And, but, but look at what he says again. He's so important. He says it again in verse, verse 8. I, I am the door. Pizza. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And, and listen to this. And will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. It's really amazing what Jesus is saying. He's pointing to himself as the entry to salvation and to abundant life. Not salvation and then work. Not salvation and fatten up so I can eat you. Salvation in abundance for what? For dumb sheep. Amazing. 
This is the cross, the end of our striving for self-salvation. It's the pathway not of some future salvation, but of pasture now, of abundant life. Jesus has no compassion for any other way. He has no sympathy for your projects of self-worth and self-value because they are death. We trust Jesus and he promises life now and forever. And you say, okay, 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 I get it. I get it. you're being really strong theologically, Dax, I get it. But, but I don't see it, you know. I don't see abundant life. Yeah, that's the main stumbling block, right? You don't see it. What's Jesus' answer to you don't see it? You're blind! That was the last chapter. You don't see very well. The Lord uses me. The Lord blesses me. The Lord does stuff. My life is amazing because I know who Jesus is, because I'm hidden in him and I'll have him forever. And even right now I get to know that. And, and, and I instead am talking about how much money I got in the bank. Instead, I'm talking about how easy my marriage is or not, or even if I'm married. Instead, I'm talking about whether my kids love me enough. Because those are the markers in my heart for what really is abundant, you know. Whatever I decide is abundant. And instead, here comes Jesus. And what does Jesus say? If you go through the door, and here's the door, it's me, and, and I'm for you, and I open your eyes to the wonder of what I have, and you can trust me, I give you abundant life. So, it's not about, okay, God, prove it. By my standard, like I'm over God, right? It's, 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 it's not about that. It's about the statement of God. Is it true? When Jesus says to you, if you're my sheep and you're going in and out through me, I'm the only way there is, you know, then you have salvation and you've got abundant life. Why do I have abundant life? Where's that life grounded? It's, it's grounded in what he says. It's grounded in what he's done for you, right? I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's the statement of God. That's, that's holding fast to Jesus. That's trusting Jesus and what he does. That's not listening to those who come from the sides. That, that, that's keeping your eye on the door. That, that's not making oh, man guard against this, thinking that you can do something to prevent God from doing what he wants to give you abundant life. Man, if only I was a better sheep, then God would give me abundant life. That's not what Jesus is saying. If only I was a better shepherd. You're not the shepherd. Right? It's amazing stuff. It's hard for me. So it's surprising to me, and surprising me this first little bit, right? Jesus saying he's the door, but but what does it mean to enter by the door? Is it, you know, some secret code or some key? But no, this is a metaphor. Jesus is the door. And at the same time, he's also the shepherd. He's both things. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait, whoa, whoa, here's your picture of the... the, uh, German shepherd with a long coat and two dogs. And he's leading the sheep and they're following him. So, so Jesus says, not, not only am I the door, but I'm the shepherd too. He's everything. <laughs> I 
Because he says it. Let's look at it. So verse 11, I am the good shepherd. Again, it's that same language, the same super strong language, one of the I am's of John. He says, I, I am the good shepherd, emphatically. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He was a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. This is an amazing emphasis. And, and, and you've got to realize, when Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, sometimes we think, oh, yes, Jesus is the righteous shepherd. He's perfectly right. That's not this word. Different word. There's a word for righteousness, not this one. This word is, I'm, you could translate it if you wanted to, I'm the handsome shepherd. But it also means, I'm the, the, the amazing shepherd. I'm the good, noble, perfect shepherd. He says, I'm just the awesome shepherd. Now, this is God talking, so we're okay that he says it because it's God. And he says, I'm an awesome shepherd. And, and again, it's meant to do what to you? Yes. I've got an awesome shepherd. I'll say noble because that, that captures it too, right? Noble. He says, why is he so noble and fine? And, and actually, not because of Psalm 23, even though as amazing as that is, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He gives me all these great stuff. I know. It, it's, it, that's amazing. But Jesus says it here. And if you notice in your text, we won't, you can do, we won't. Five times he uses the same phrase in this time. I'm the amazing shepherd. Why? Five times he says it. Do you see it in your text? Look in your Bible if you have it. I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life. 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 You see, he's the great shepherd because he lays down his life for us. Not other people don't. By the way, including every other shepherd you know. You know I'm a shepherd in the Bible. A shepherd your flock. There's a kind of a feeling an under-shepherd of, of a church like me. I am not Jesus. I'm going to fail you. Who doesn't fail? Jesus doesn't. He's the noble one. This is the operative phrase, the important truth. What you trust in is that he laid his life down for you, sheep. You see, Jesus is totally caring and totally in charge and totally protecting, not like the hired hand who sees the wolf coming and runs away, right? The wolf snatches and scatters at the end of... Am I saying that right? My kids laugh at me when I say the word wolf. Wolf? Will you guys say it for me once? Wolf. Wolf, thank you. I say, you're saying wolf, Swanson. That's a dog barking. No, no, no. I mean the big thing that tears and rends and, and eats. And, and Adam's crummy, right? says, no, no, no. The, that, that comes in and the shepherd runs away because there's bad stuff coming. And oh, no. And then and, and I see terrible. Jesus doesn't do any of that. Jesus lays down his life. People as shepherds just aren't up for the task. Even pastors are... I think of Ezekiel 34. Let me just put it up for you because I think Jesus is thinking of that as he uses it. This is the Old Testament. You know, the prophets affirm Jesus. They say, all who came before me are robbers and thieves. Yeah, if they didn't use the door. But the prophets in the Old Testament, they're pointing towards the door. That's Jesus. Look at Ezekiel 34. It says, the word of the Lord came to me, to Ezekiel. Way back, hundreds of years before Jesus. This is 500, 
600 years before Jesus. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds. He's talking to the priests. Thus says the Lord God, "Ah, shepherds of Israel who've been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? It's like, man, you guys just aren't good enough as shepherds. He's right. He's condemning them. And so what he does, if you read the whole chapter, we won't read the whole chapter. Let me skip down to verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he's among the sheep that have been scattered. So I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. See what he's doing? God says... It's not enough that people are shepherds. I'm going to be the shepherd. There's coming a day when I will actually personally be the shepherd. And, and, and so you and I come and say, wait a minute, Jesus has come and we're trusting him as the door. Why? Because that, that's, that's, that's God's promise that he's our shepherd. And, and even there at the end of Ezekiel 34, look at this. I will rescue my flock. This is God talking. And, and they shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them, listen, one shepherd, my servant David. He shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. <laughs> you guys, you should be blown away at this stuff. Because I'm telling you, this is, this is 500 years before Jesus. But this is 300 years after David dies. And here's Ezekiel speaking from the Lord and saying, I'm going to set up a shepherd, David. David's dead. That's a metaphor for who? Someone in the line of David. Jesus, thank you. He's coming, you know. And God said ahead of time. And God said, this is what it's going to be. It's not going to be that people are my shepherd. I'm the shepherd. I'm the noble shepherd. And me, Jesus in the flesh, fully God, fully man, I'm the one that's over it all. And I will do it. I'm your shepherd. It's not talking to pastors to try and be better shepherds. It's not about you trying to be a better dad or a better person or a kinder leader. Jesus points to himself and he says, I'm the shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. You know, if I feed the sheep, I'm feeding Jesus as sheep. Because he's the noble shepherd. And then he says it again. He goes back in 14, just like before. He says it one more time. I, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says here in John 10. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. There's again, right? He lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is saying this before the cross. He knows what he's doing. It's not just one little fold. There's lots of sheep, all that are his, totally trustworthy to get his sheep, and they know him. Look look what he says. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. See, he's pointing to us. He's pointing to the Gentiles. Jesus isn't, right, the big sheep that we try and be like. There's the noble sheep. All of you sheep be like the noble sheep. No, there's the shepherd. He's he's promising to protect the sheep. 
Who's the sheep? You. You who trust the shepherd because you've heard his voice. Say, this is the only hope I have is Jesus. He's got you. It's so amazing to me that somehow people think, oh, you know what? Um, yeah, Jesus has me. Yeah, he said he's got me and he's leading me. Yes, I trust Jesus. But you know what? I just, I, I'm stopping him from blessing me. Somehow I'm stopping the blessing because I'm a strong sheep and I can, I can, I can get away. From, I'm, I'm stronger than the shepherd. What? He has all the power. He goes and gets his sheep. They hear his voice because they are his. What's the voice? The message of the gospel that goes out that you've heard. His power does it. He's got the authority. We will know his voice. We will follow him. Watch out for all these calls to try harder, be better. Like your effort makes the final determination if you're his or not. I walked through this with so many people. They're like, you know what? I, I, I did. I prayed the prayer and I trust Jesus. But you know what? I just can't get over this habitual sin. And so, therefore, I, I think I'm not saved. Because I was really saved, I'd get over it. So I take out my Bible. So show me where it says you'll get over it. Well, I, I, I don't know what verse it is, but if I was really the Lord's, I would be better. So, well, I, do, do you trust Jesus? Yeah, I trust Jesus. He's, he paid for my sin, but I just don't think I'm his because I'm not improving strongly enough. Well, who's in charge of that? Well, me. Are you the shepherd or are you the sheep? Well, I'm a sheep. Where do you have the power to do anything? This is our trouble. We, we get away from Jesus. We get away from trusting that he, he's at work in us. He's going to help us. He's, he's helping us through even. I hate sin. Let's hate it all. Let's move, run away from sin. But let's not put that as our center. Let's put the, the, the Savior as our center. Who what? Lay down his life. What did he lay down his life for? Sin. My sin. Amazing. Look what he says. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. He's got all the authority Jesus has from God to lay down his life. Why is he laying it down? For your sin. For my sin. It means the Father's about and fully on board. And here they are in this rescue plan. The plan by which the very blood of Jesus will pay for and rescue and redeem and save his sheep. And to give them abundant life. That's what this is about, right? Jesus is not constrained by any other authority. He no other power. No other circumstance. This is not... This is where trust comes in. Because we start to say, no, every circumstance but my strong, rebellious heart. You who trust Jesus. We start saying that kind of garbage. Like Jesus doesn't have the authority or doesn't have the power or can't do this. What? You realize there was nothing Jesus could, could stop him, even though it looked like it. Didn't remember? Don't you remember the Judas? Betraying Jesus? That's a circumstance. Wow, Jesus didn't plan that. Remember the mob in the garden? Remember Annas, the high priest, who's just so corrupt and, 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 and condemned Jesus? Remember when Jesus was taken by the soldiers and whipped and scourged? Remember those soldiers putting nails through his hands? 
Jesus was helpless. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying it looks like he was helpless, sure. But he had all authority. And he chose to go to the cross for you, for me. Wow. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own initiative, he says. My love is free. He didn't do what he did begrudgingly, but gladly. His joy in loving you and me, not utter compulsion, not burden. The main issue for everything is Jesus, his shepherding, no one else's. This is what God promised in Ezekiel. This is the hope of Israel. This is the hope of the Gentiles. This is a love that won't be stopped. The authority is simply and powerful and does it. Will you receive it? That's the main issue for everything is Jesus, right? What he does is lay down his life for us. Have you received this gift? This is where your trust is in his action. And, and, and the, the difficulty for those who aren't ashamed say, no, 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 no. I, I, all of that. It's about being a good person. That's what's going to be the scales at the end. How good a person was I? No. No. By the way, you did see that at the end, right? Jesus hangs everything on the resurrection. He says, I have the authority to lay down my life and to take it up again. Anyone who hears that would think, wow, this guy's, wait, wait, he's going to say that after he's dead, he can take his life up again? This guy's crazy. Or maybe he's demon possessed. <laughs> this, is, this is radically strange. How do I know that they think that? Because that's what they thought. Right? Look, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them says he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? But there's this sign going on that's so amazing. But what he's saying about resurrection from the dead. That's what Jesus brings, right? This and, and again, the, the scene ends there for now. We'll pick it up next week. But, but you've got to see this together, will you? That, that what Jesus is saying is so offensive. It is not and can never be. Add a little Jesus into your own life. Watch out, dear friends. That's what we want. I want to plan out my own life. I want to build my own stairs. I want to make myself the thing. And so always and always the issue becomes, I'm going to add a little Jesus in. And Jesus presents these metaphors today that just flips that around and says, there's just no way. It's only about Jesus himself and trusting that he's at work in you. Those are the metaphors because he surprises us with this strong push to see him alone as our everything. We are sheep. We are looking for pasture and life. And even though it may not look like it today, this is the hope that we have that Jesus' words are true. That what it says in Isaiah, another prophet, right, 53, will end with this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. We're doing the things that sheep do. We're browsing for forage. We're, and, and yet the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
He is the door. There is no other way that has life and peace, no matter what claims the world makes, what seemingly practical counsel or shoe leather advice on living rightly, making wise choices, promoting justice and love and kindness. If it isn't the door, if it is, you say it's not just helpful for salvation, it's the way of life is Jesus. Because we have this wave of wonder that a, a, a shepherd has come and he leads and finds and shapes, and he's so trustworthy because he's laid his life down for us, but he's also picked it up again, which means he's active and alive. He's not dead in a memory. Why won't we see? Because we're sheep dummies. He is the shepherd. I'm not the shepherd. The celebrity pastor's not the shepherd. The political leader's not the shepherd. And certainly you're not the shepherd. So this is what our life is about. And we, we come today, and we again come to this wonder. And, and will you sense it with me? The amazing, amazing thing that Jesus has us. And he says, I'm the door. I'm the noble shepherd. If you'll trust me, salvation, abundant life, that's what I give you. I want it. We've got it in Christ. Let's pray.